faith with joy and willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our first reading is from Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 6. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarah and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. 
When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moray. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Our second reading is from Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 through 15. They said to him, Where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, There, in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh, yes, you did laugh. This is God's word to God's people. Thank Thanks be to God. We are continuing on in our installment of Flawed Yet Faithful. Today, the Bible figures that we are looking at are Abram and Sarai, or Abraham and Sarah. Now, I'm going to say their names enough that there's going to be times that I mix them up. Abram and Sarai are their names that were given to them at birth. And the names that we learn about as we follow along in the book of Genesis to learn their story. Now, I'm going to give you the Rachel Notes version of the story. It's kind of like Cliff's Notes, but it's my translation, so you'll get the nuances that I choose to lift up. If you want to read it all for yourself, it's chapters 11 through 25 that give you the full story of Sarai and Abram or Sarah and Abraham, as they grow in their faith and become who they are to be as people of God. Now, when we meet Abram and Sarai in chapter 11, we're told about how they are descendant from Noah. We're told how their lineage connects us to that story and who, who they are in that history. They were not necessarily faithful people, but when God appeared to Abram in chapter 12, which was the first verse that Sonny read for us this morning, God said, come, follow me. Leave the place that you know and go out, and I will give you many descendants, and you will have promise, and you will be blessed and be a blessing. Trust in me, and you will have grand adventures. And just like that, Abram said, okay, let's go. So he went to Sarah and said, hey, honey, we're going on an adventure. And she said, okay. I don't actually think in that time she had much choice in the matter, but, but she went along on the journey along with Abram's son, or nephew Lot, um, who, whose story is interwoven in those 20, or 14 chapters that I told you that you can go read. And they go on their way. And as they stop, each place they stop, they recognize who God has been in their lives, and they build an, an altar to give honor and glory to God. 
still, there's a famine in the land. And they go, you know what? Egypt's doing well. Let's go to Egypt, and we'll establish ourselves there. And when we establish ourselves there, honey, I'm afraid they're going to kill me if they know that I'm your husband. So I want you to tell them that I'm your brother. Again, Sarah goes, okay. And they go to Egypt and do this. And the Pharaoh sees Sarah and goes, oh, good, that man's her brother. That means that I just have to be nice to him and I don't have to kill him so I can take her as my, as my bride. Story unfolds. God is not happy with this plan. And God says, I'm not going to punish Abram and Sarai. Instead, I'm going to punish the people of Egypt. And the Pharaoh recognizes that something is amiss. He goes, this didn't start happening until I took this Sarai woman as my wife. What's happening here? And he calls Abram to his quarters and says, explain to me what's going on. Is she really your sister? Well, yes, but she's also my wife. Get out of here. Take her with you. Go. So that the, the, the trouble that is upon me goes away. And Abram gets to go with his whole family, all of his property, and then some. And Egypt is back to normal. So they continue on in their journey, and God pretty much points out to them, hey, I've made a promise to you. I've made a covenant with you. I will be present to you. I will give you ancestors that are as many as the stars in the sky. Just trust in me, be faithful, and follow me. Now, Sarai got a little impatient. Let's recognize this. They were seven, he was 75 when they went on the journey, so she was 65. They're at least probably 10 years older at this point. Sarai is like, how am I going to provide a child for Abram? This is not going to work. I'll hatch a plan. Hey, honey, why don't you marry my servant, Hagar, and have a child with her? And Abram goes, okay. <laughs> so he does this. Hagar has a child. And all of a sudden, she's not as happy with her mistress, her master, as she was before. She's like, well, I'm the one that provided an heir to Abram. So that makes me at least on par with you, if not better than you. And Sarah, Sarai is not so happy about the way that she's being treated by her servant and has words, and Hagar runs off, and God comes and says, I know your story, I'm here with you, I promise it'll be okay. God rematerializes and has another conversation with Abram and Sarai and says, no, when I told you that I was going to create descendants, I was creating a descendant through this line, through the two of you. Now, you have asked for blessings upon this son, Ishmael, so I will bless him, and he will have a lineage of his own. But when I talk about the people of God, I'm talking about this lineage that you guys are creating. I'm talking about what is going to happen here. And to make sure you understand this, I'm going to change your names. Abram, you are no longer Abram, but Abraham. Sarai, you are no longer Sarai, but Sarah. Abram's name went from exalted father to the father of a multitude. That kind of makes sense. Sarai's name went from my princess 
to princess, which may not seem as significant and may seem subtle, but it went from being solely Abrams to being the mother of the nations, to being not just a princess for one, but a princess for all, for the lineage that was going to come again. But time passed, and they continued on this journey and they were wondering how and when this child was going to come into being. And then some angels came and sat down with Abram in a beautiful orchard of trees, and Abram was hospitable to them, offered water to clean their feet, offered them food and drink and conversation and levity. And in that conversation, which is where we pick up on the scripture reading that Sonny read for us, in that conversation they say, and this time next year, Sarah will have a baby. Sarah's 80 at this point, and she starts to laugh. I think, okay, any 80-year-olds in this room, if you were told you were gonna have a, children, a child, <laughs> what would your, the, exactly. And the angel says, why did Sarah laugh? Oh, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. That tells us the nature of who God is. God knows what's going on in our hearts, what our motivations are, and when we are so overwhelmed by the realities of this world that we don't recognize that God can be present and offer miracles in our midst. So God does bless him with a child, a child named Isaac. Do you know what Isaac means? Oh, I heard it, laughter. It's a very appropriate name for someone who laughed when they heard that they were going to be pregnant. At a, probably a point of disbelief and doubt and maybe a little bit of sadness, that laughter that Sarah first had. But God turned that laughter into a laughter of joy a laughter of blessing, a laughter of new opportunities, because we do laugh both of those laughs in our lives. But before Isaac comes, they have another incident that sounds almost exactly like the incident in Egypt. They go, oh, something's going on in our land. We need to go somewhere else. We're going to lie about who we are. They're going to try to take Sarah as their wife. God's not going to be happy and they're gonna send us away so that they're no longer cursed in the process. But we remember, just as the, as the anthem said this morning, God delivered them. God delivered so many people out of the trouble that they were in. And in delivering Abraham and Sarah out of the mess that they were in, they also delivered the people that were, were being punished for the decisions of Abraham and Sarah out of that issue as well. But there's a part of me that goes, didn't they learn the first time? Shouldn't they have figured out when they had this experience in Egypt that, that God was not going to be happy with this idea? That God was not going to be satisfied with this plan? And all that God has been saying this whole time is, is that don't make plans on your own. Come to me. Consult with me. Discern my will and follow my directions and everything will be okay but I recognize that that's easier said than done. I kind of liken these two stories to an incident that I saw yesterday at um, my goddaughter's graduation party. 
her little sister, who's about seven, received a piece of cake. And instead of taking that piece of cake and eating the way that she had been taught by taking a bite on a fork and placing it in her mouth so it got there safely, she was so excited that she stuck her fork into the center of the cake, lifted it up like a popsicle, and started gnawing on it. And then was shocked when the cake fell on the floor. Tears happened, distress was in the air. And thankfully, her mom was gracious, just like God was gracious to Abraham and Sarah. He offered, or she, her mom offered her another piece of cake, and she learned from that mistake. God gave Abraham and Sarah another opportunity to learn from their mistakes as well, to grow into who it means to be faithful people. Because when we look at Abraham and Sarah, we recognize that they didn't have the commandments yet. The Ten Commandments hadn't been given to Moses. They, they were learning how, what it was like to be faithful. They were learning what it meant to be people of faith who followed God. They struggled. They had challenges. But they learned along the way. And if that's not true for us, I don't know what is. At a certain point, Sarah went from having the faith of her husband and following his instructions all along the way to having a faith for herself. I actually think that it's about the time that she laughed and God called her on it. She's like, oh, God truly is present in my life and knows what's going on in my world. Maybe I should embrace that. And I kind of see that as when we do confirmation here in this place, when we take the opportunity to teach and train our youth, who most of them have been baptized as a child and don't know the commitment and the covenant that their parents have made for them. And we give them the opportunity to grow and learn and to say, this is no longer just my parents' faith that I'm following along with, but I'm claiming this faith for myself. And I recognize who God is in my life, and I know that God is saying, come walk with me, and we will go on a grand journey together, a grand adventure, where there'll be missteps, there'll be flaws, there'll be mistakes, but God has made a covenant to walk with us. And how wonderful is it that the covenant that God made is actually a little one-sided. God says, I'll be with you. I will walk with you. And doesn't say that there has to be return in that original covenant. God just says, I will be your God and you will be my people. So that God continues to reach out to us despite our flaws, despite our missteps, despite the mistakes that we make that have ramifications for us and have ramifications for others. God does want to be in relationship with us. God does want to be a part of our conversation. But when we forget to include God, God doesn't say, I'm done with you. Instead, God offers mercy, forgiveness that is undeserved when we misstep, when we go the wrong way. And God says, let's try this again so that I can offer you unmerited blessing, so that we can see the joy of each new day and see how God, how we can do something great and powerful together. Abraham and Sarah were learning to be faithful, learning to trust in God, and they were inquiring the faith for themselves rather than for our family members. They teach us to follow God, 
to respond to God and to turn to God with our decision-making. They remind us that we will make mistakes and that God knows our doubts, but God still wants to join us on that journey. We may be flawed, but as long as we're faithful, together we can do powerful things with God. Amen?